Welcome to the Fireside Show. My name is Wojciech Wiengzinski and I will be your host. Hello everybody, welcome to the Fire Science Show, today broadcasting from Brno in Czech Republic. Together with my friend and colleague Grzegorz Krajewski, we're at a Famtech conference. Hi Grzegorz. Hello, welcome everybody. Great to have you in the show and uh, we came here, we're we're having a local tournée around Europe, sharing the preliminary research of our new fascinating project and we thought that it may be great to share it uh, with you. What do you think, Czegosz? <laughs> uh, I think it's generally a great idea because it project starts three years, so it's final moment to show it to the world. I should have said that. It's, like, it's going like like scheduled, right? It's not that we've spent like three years building it. No, actually, actually we did. But we're very happy to have completed stage one or something that we call stage one of the project. It was a, a big, big advancement in building a new facility for smoke control in, in corridors. The project name is NZP131. Gregors, we're horrible at naming projects. But it's an official name. We have to find out something new. Yeah, well, if someone in the audience has a proposal how to call this sexy project, please let us know because we certainly fail at doing that, <laughs> unfortunately. Anyway, uh, the project is on the smoke control in corridors. And I think it's a really interesting uh, topic that's very, very worthy of investigation. And it's something that consists of two separate parts. Part one would be a new, how we call it, next generation experimental facility for investigation of smoke controls. And this is something that Grzegorz was uh, leading for the last three years. And part two is something that was more on my shoulders, which is the digital twin of this facility, which is a fancy name for a numerical simulator of the exact same experiments we, we do in the facility. And when I say it's an next generation experimental facility for investigation of smoke control, doesn't really give you an impression of what it is. So, Grzegorz, so please tell the listeners what we have actually built in Pionki. Generally, we built 30 meters long corridor with height of 3 meters and variable height of, of floor. So it's very flexible. The height of corridor is 1.4 meters. And the corridor is equipped with fully flexible ventilation system, system which allows us to test probably most of possible ventilation combinations. It's, it's kind of interesting when you think about it, like it's just a corridor, but a facility like that has, I have never seen a thing like that in, in my life. We've always only seen research in corridors that was done ad hoc at some buildings and was just limited, limited, limited studies that, that just in, investigated one parameter or two parameters or just few parameters. Uh, and here we've built a facility that is bespoke engineered to really facilitate multiple variants of fire uh, research in it. And uh, I think it's it's beautiful because the possibilities are endless for something uh, such as small as, as just a corridor. Um, Grzegorz, uh, let's talk why we build it. I think it's uh, I think it's an in, maybe even more important why than than how we build it. For me myself, you know, when you look into statistics, when you look into main causes of death in fires, obviously smoke inhalation always pops up as the as the number one threat. We observe deadly fires in residential buildings in which the smoke spread through 
evacuation pathways uh, has threatened people outside of the compartment of origin of the fires. And for me, these are very difficult fires, dangerous fires. Uh, I mean, if I set a fire in my own, you know, if I'm in my own living room, I guess I can live with that. But uh, if my neighbor does and I'm in danger, this is a pretty bad situation for myself. So, so definitely I, I feel there is a need to understand how smoke in horizontal evacuation roads travel, what's happening with it, how can we extract it, what can we do with it. For you, what was the rationale when you proposed the, this research? What, what was in your mind when you've started pursuing uh, this project? So you remember we were involved in many commissioning tests in, in residential buildings, in hotel buildings, some kind of public arenas. And there were a lot of corridors. And the problem with corridor is that it's dramatically small space. So when you've got a fire, the smoke is spreading so quickly along the corridor that the time for evacuation and uh, for firefighters um, is going to be to be very short. So I think this, that was the main reason why I decided to take care about that topic. And the second part was the cooperation with the pressure differential system. So, so I found, think it was the main reason, yes, and it was connected with my master science. Uh, that, yeah, that's, that's cool. I, I think the interaction between systems is something we very, very rarely understand well. We even rarely model that. We even rarely take that into account when we design smoke control systems in our buildings. And certainly, I, I remember that the time when we were at Krakow Arena and we had this very, very powerful pressurization systems in the corridors. In the staircases that connected to corridors, we were doing hot smoke tests in compartments next to that corridor. We had this very beautiful smoke layer, a good extraction system. Everything was working as it was supposed to. And then bam, someone opens the door, high velocity flow in, gets into the, the corridor and, and suddenly you don't have a layer. Everything's mixed around. And I mean, the smoke control was designed as it should. The PDS was designed as it should. It's just they were not designed together. It's a, I think that observation is, is very spot on. The same thing is happening on every every construction work, yes? Mine is working properly, but no one is looking on an overall project, yes? So so it works like that. Last time we were in an office building and it was the same situation. So that's the reason why we are taking in about that topic, what we are going to, to test and what we are going to have from these tests. And in, in the sports arenas, the corridors are huge. They, they can accommodate a lot of smoke, but you've mentioned in residential buildings, they're like tiny. Tiny, small. So, so the time for, to fulfill with the smoke is very, very short. Exactly. For, for me, also, when we started doing that, because a uh, significant aspect of this, of this project is to be able to simulate different scenarios. And I'm, I don't only mean the scenario of operation of the smoke ventilation system, like the what exhaust capacity we have or where the inlets are located, but you know the, the whole the whole idea of what happens when the fire starts. I remember what, that was many many years ago when I was doing uh, my master thesis. I was doing a corridor in that thesis. It's it's quite funny because at that point I had really really low amount of knowledge on smoke control systems because it's it was not something I would uh, actively pursue uh, during my studies. I was more interested in detection and uh, suppression. Smoke control was not not uh, in the focal point back then, which, which is funny as I 
I'm now a small control engineer. In my master thesis, I thought, okay, I'll need to show some simulations. I wanted to, to show the, the modern tools of fire safety engineering, how they play together. And I was doing a simulation of, of a fire in a compartment next to a 30-meter corridor. Surprise, surprise, the same we, we just built. Uh, what a coincidence. And yeah, and in, in that simulations, I, I just you know started the fire in the compartment. I've opened the door to the corridor. The smoke flows to the corridor. And... There's nothing I can do with it. It just fills my corridor like completely. I have like one minute of evacuation time. There's not. There's literally no nothing I can do about it. I increase the smoke system capacity. Doesn't help. I put more inlets. Doesn't really help. I I then approach one of the senior colleagues. I show them my my CFD and say, Ah, you see, I, I have a problem. It doesn't work. And and he's like, Yeah, obviously it doesn't work. You didn't shut the door. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> that's how you do that. I, I found it really crazy that the scenario of the system, in this case, shutting the door after some time was the only way I could prove the system is working. And I don't think I proved the system is working. I proved that by shutting the door, I don't have smoke on my corridor anymore. And the more I've worked with these solutions, the the more I observed, in a way, it is reality of the design. This is exactly that what you said yesterday during your presentation. If you, you just have to be a smart, smart engineer, yes? You are closing the door and your system is working properly, yes, because you don't have any source of smoke and uh, and heat. And as we were starting the project, as we were building our knowledge on the context of the systems that we want to investigate, I guess we very quickly realized that this scenario on how you model, how you test, how you validate your solution is very country-specific. Like in Poland, we do it in a certain way. In the UK, they do it in a completely different way. In Germany, they do it in a different way. In many of these cases, you either have a prescribed heat release rate, smoke soot yield, and other parameters of your fire that you want to model. And uh, based on these parameters, you have some acceptance criteria to which you refer, and then you say your system works. In the UK, I believe they, they had these uh, funny scenarios where they... Shut the doors, then open the doors. Uh, right, and in that point, we are very thankful to Trigon and Carl Wallace, who explain us how the UK-British scenario are working with opening and closing the doors on their timeline. But coming back to your sentence, which you said, there is a lack of information about that, what is happening in a full-scale corridor, yes? At the beginning of that project, we were thinking of making it a, some kind of a scale model, but... To, when we started to read the literature, the lack of information was so big. There is a one big black hole about in that topic. So last tests were made, I think, 20 years ago or more. So that's why we decided to extend the project and to make the full-scale corridor. And that's what we have now after the first test. The, the results are totally different than, than we expected at the beginning. Yeah, I, I think it was a good idea to, to make it full-scale. I mean, it's, it's going to be easier publishable, right? <laughs> it may, makes, us, makes us our work as scientists uh, so much easier when you have full-scale and you don't have justified the scaling factors. But outside of that, I, I think it is important to establish a new zero. I, I call it the new North Star, you know. As we have to rely on tricks, on scenarios in estimating uh, smoke control performance. And I'm not saying we design systems that are bad. That's not necessarily the case. I'm just saying we design them in a stupid way where we have no idea what the performance is. We, we have established some sort of test of validation method that's extremely artificial and that 
only informs you of how the system ranks against this, that test, but it does not inform you on, on what safety does it provide in a building. And if you are all into asset asset calculations, if you're all into just fulfilling the standard needs, I guess you can live with that. If this standard, if this level of safety, this implicit level of safety hidden within these assumptions, if that's what you aim for, yeah, cool. You can design it like that. But if you truly want to understand how your system works, what do you gain by putting the system? How the system will behave, your fire scenario is slightly different. You have no way to know that today with the current models. And we don't have good experimental proof on how these things work. This is the point what you said, yes? It's time for a, for a big reset to come back to the fundamentals of the small problem, yes? Just, just one typical compartment adjustment to the corridor. Very simple. It's, it looks like a very simple topic, but as we can see here, what, what Wojciech said, yes, we had so many variables uh, which we have to predict, yes. We have to check how how system is going to work. We have to verify and check the environmental conditions in the corridor, which we still accept. We probably will never have got the perfect conditions, but we have to find the moment when that conditions are acceptable for us and for people who are evacuating during the fire. So, okay, we have the facility now. We, we hope to do this restart to find a new North Star of smoke control in corridors, give you a benchmark against uh, the solutions can be tested against. And, and we truly hope to achieve that. It's an ambitious, ambitious goal. Now, let's talk about the, the facility. I mean, yesterday all, all, during my talk, there was already a lot of questions asked about technical details, how the facility works, how does it operate, how does it look like. Um, unfortunately, in the podcast, you cannot see the pictures, but it, it does exist. It, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, we love it. Anyway, Grzegorz, let, let's talk uh, a little about technicalities of what we have built. So you've said it's a 30-meter-long corridor. but It doesn't give uh, the, the whole story uh, as there are things um, connected to that. Like first, the compartments. As what you said, it's a 30-meter-long corridor and there are three compartments uh, adjustment to that corridor. Each one is three by four meters uh, floor area and height three meters. So we can... We have got a huge flexibility of locating the, the fire source. We can locate it in the middle or at the beginning or at the end of the corridor. So as, as you can see, we've got just three variables at the beginning. Yes, we can locate the fire inside the corridor in any, any position we, where we want. Additionally, this is the only the ge geometrical area. And another point is heat release rate of the fires. So I think we can multiple every every possible fire source we don't have any limitations so we can make performance test of, of fire ventilation from the smallest fires to the biggest fires uh, oh uh, i wouldn't be so open about like unlimited because uh, i mean uh, there's a certain point where at which the facility will be destroyed uh, and uh, actually we've we we have thought about that and it's built from easily fixable materials, almost disposable materials. So if we damage it, we, it's very, very easy to fix it. And that's, that's the key for longevity of the, of the facility. But we are using propane burners with a varied heat release rate. We, we do steer that through mass flow inlet of propane into the burner. We can put multiple burners in the facility. So we also influence somehow the heat release rate per unit area. And, uh, 
because of that, we really have almost unlimited possibilities to to test any fires, and and it's all computer controlled, right? Yeah, can- exactly. We can define any any fire curve which we want, so so the fire heat release rate can change in time exactly as we as we define it. So, and at that moment, we have got four burners, so we can even make fire up to two megawatts, three megawatts. We I think three megawatts is even more than ventilation but, controlled for for the compartments, right? But it will, but it will destroy the corridor. A little price to pay for knowledge. Anyway, <laughs> this fire source, okay, that's uh, that's an important aspect. Now, uh, smoke control systems, because I mean, you can build uh, building a co- corridor is not that difficult or impressive on its own. I think uh, I, I would say the twenty percent of the struggle with the project was with building the corridor, mm, and the rest was with, with the with the smoke control system. So, so we've equipped it with almost anything you can find on the market. Like it, it is entangled by ducts and uh, of different smoke control. Corridor is is, is are is uh, are only walls and ceiling and floor. But the whole magic of that project was the equipment. Yes, so we. Uh, looked what kind of systems we have tested before. Uh, on that facility, I think we can perform any test which we can imagine on a market, yes. So, for example, transversal ventilation system, semi-transversal ventilation system, long continual ventilation system. We can, additionally, we can change the way how we supply or exhaust the air from the corridor. It can be natural or mechanical supply or exhaust. So, there are unlimited possibilities which we can make on that facility. And that uh, that was the point too, to have ability to really test uh, whatever solutions are used in the world. And it's obviously all computer controlled, just like the burner. So it, with the click of a mouse, you can turn a longitudinal system into a transversal system and change the capacities and stuff like that. Yeah, in general, this is the second advantage of the project. That is that, that we can control everything and everything is registered on, in one file so it's synchronized, so you can see the temperatures, uh, the level on which the ventilators are working, which dampers are open, what was the gas flow in on the regulators. So we have got everything in one file synchronized. So it's very easy to repeat every test with the same input parameters. So I hope in your head uh, you're building image of this magnificent facility. Probably the image you build is more beautiful than the facility itself, but it is it it is really impressive on what can be done in here. And now an important uh, broadcast message to any one of you listening: if if you are intrigued with uh, what we have, if you like what we have, and you have an idea on how to use it to to enhance your own research, like. Please, please just contact us. I mean, we're, we are fueled by collaboration. We believe in collaborative nature of science. Uh, I, I don't like individualism in science. I, I like collaborations. So if you have a better idea on how to use it than us, please let us know and, and we'll, we'll try to do it. The, the beauty of the facility is that it took three years to build, but now to set up an experiment, it, it's like a few hours in, in one day, literally in the first day of, of burning. It was amazing. We have done how many years? Three, four tests? And during the first day, yeah, four tests, yes. We, but we we have been changing many times the ventilation system. So yeah, during so one test, you are making twenty tests. Yeah, yeah. So so it's just one day of testing. I think I think it's a fair statement. I think we've generated more useful results for validating CFD than I, I've seen in the literature on on this of this subject through my my entire career. And that was just one day of tests. So. 
the possibilities are endless and you're all invited to, to participate. We want this to be a living facility. We want this to be yielding useful results for, for science, for everyone. Now we, we have the, the base, yes, so we can extend it in every possible way. So any ideas? Just feel welcome to contact with, with us. So we, we'll try to do that. Oh. Yeah, we will do it. And now, as I mentioned, experimental facilities is just one piece of the puzzle. The second piece is the digital twin, which is a fancy way to call uh, CFD simulations for the facility. And here we've approached the, the project the same way as the corridor. We want it to be modular. We want it to be parametric. We want it to be like able to verify whatever we need. And anyone who's working with CFD models, you probably realize how painful it is to set a CFD model. And, and it's even more painful to change something. Like you want to move your extraction point by one meter to your left, and then eventually it got into middle of two meshes of FDS. So you have to split it. There's so many annoying things that can happen when you change a parameter in your CFD. And now because we are talking about literally hundreds of parameters, literally thousands of possible scenarios to be tested, there's no way you can program that by hand. It, it, it would be too much. And so we've approached this in a different way, somewhat similar to, to how we did our car park research that I've shown in the past. We have taken snippets of FDS code that describe parts of the model. Like I have a snippet of the code that describes the corridor and the compartments. There's a snippet of the code that describes the ventilation systems, the fire devices used in the corridor. Like every everything is split into separate snippet files. And then I have, we have a parametric scripts that whenever they are fueled with a list of variables to be investigated, they take the, the snippets that are needed to, to build this particular case file and they just combine it with the values of the variables that we have defined. So... It's a model, I mean, after two years of programming, after it works, I just give it a list. I want to have like FDS simulations of fire in room number one, number two, number three, one megawatt, two megawatt, three megawatt. I want the smoke extraction being 1.3 points, five points with the capacity of two, five, 10 meters per second inlets here. And then I just press enter and it generates me hundreds or, or thousands of FDS files that describe every combination of these variables. Then it automatically sends it to our HPC cluster and they calculate. And then, well, a month later, we come back, we pick up the results. There's, there are scripts that automatically process that. And voila, we, we're, we're done with it. I think it's, it's super powerful. And especially that we consider these two things as... Uh, two parts of, of one exact thing. Like you don't see everything from the experimental measurements, but if you have validated CFD that you trust, you can make an experiment and then use the CFD to understand more of it. Especially what you didn't said uh, before we designed that facility and before we build it and had the idea how it is going to work, uh, we did plenty of CFD calculations. At the beginning, it was about 700 CFD calculations just to predict what is going to happen during the tests, yes? And it was our input data to design that facility and to find out what we want from the experimental part of that of the topic. Yeah, so, so it's really both things fuel on each other. Both things are very interconnected and 
Definitely. Experiments are the number one thing we want to do. We want to find experimental proof for various smoke control performance in corridors. We want to have experimental proof on what really happens in the corridors. That's that's the number one thing. But thanks to Digital Twin, we can easily enhance that knowledge with, with much more data points that we would not be able to find otherwise. Yeah, and we, we knew how to design it and now we can validate it having the Final data from from the experiment. Oh yeah, that's that's cool. Let's, let's talk about validation. A good idea. Uh, we have performed, as, as mentioned, so far thirteen experiments. At that moment, thirteen experiments, but with many variables yeah. between in in each experiment. Yes. So okay, just take us through an experiment. Like uh, let, let, let's talk about the ones with variable heat release rates. What are we changing? How do we do that? At the beginning, we made a very simple test. Just uh, constant fire heat release rates. 100 kilowatts per one hour just to check what is going to happen with our facility, yes, because we are not able to predict if it will stay alive after one test. So it did until now, yes. So first we started from the steady state fires lasting one hour, half an hour until we have got steady state conditions. And later we started to change heat release rate during the test after every five minutes. We were increasing the heat release rate, starting from 50 kilowatts up to 500 kilowatts, and then decrease down just looking what is happening with the temperatures along the corridor. Yeah, it's it's on the plus. It looks like a pyramid with steps. That it grows, then stays uh, stable for like five minutes, and grows again and again and again. But like it, a PID controller. Yeah, but it, it's uh, really great because it generates you plenty of data to validate CFD. And obviously, for these experiments, we have performed CFD with FDS, taking just the basic uh, settings of the model, like really not playing with anything, not touching any more advanced settings of the solver. For the smaller fires, we got almost ideal match between the simulations and experiment. For the more complicated cases, especially the stars growth of fires, we have found some discrepancies. The temperatures in the experiments are approximately 50 degrees higher than the CFD, which, I mean, it's okay-ish for a first shot, but we're, we're not very happy with it. We hope to improve. Prove it, but there's like we already have good ideas on, on where to look for for solutions to that. So o- overall, over the course of these thirteen simulations, we already have something like a validated CFD model. Yeah, but we have a lot of doubts. Yes, especially when you are making a full scale experiment, there are many many questions. If your heat release rate of fire is exactly that what you predict at the beginning, yes, that's why we are going to make another test in room corner to ver- verify our heat release rate of, of the burner. For the higher values, yeah, we we used uh, propane burners with mass flow controllers that allow us to set any value of, of propane flow into the burner. And with previous experience in open air measurements of these burners, we were quite happy with how they work. But now, as they are in a confined space of the corridor, there are some doubts how this can influence the heat release rate. Actually, okay, and and now let's move into the the future. How do we see the use of this facility? Like we finished the stage one. Building, starting uh, up, we're in the uh, final phases of validation of the CFDs. Uh, the facility is up and running. The experiments are fairly easy to set up. Of course, they're not without, with it, without the problems, but everything's manageable. Everything's working uh, as we've expected it to work. Now, wh- where are we going with it, Grzegorz? At that moment, I think we, we are planning to extend a lot, amount of thermocouples to have 
more dense grid of points when we measure the temperature. We are going to add uh, additional thermocouples trees. We are going to add thermocouples at the floor and in the ceiling. And at the end of September, we'll have the possibility to measure the intensity of radiation. Yeah, I'm also looking into putting oxygen measurements into the corridor to have a better comparison with the CFD. And we, we've not mentioned that, but we also are measuring the velocities in the smoke layer in the in the ceiling jet, which also will be used to to compare the data we we, we have with uh, with the CFD, but not only with with also with zone models, with Alpert's correlations, with the corridor ceiling jet models, opens quite uh, a lot of possibilities there. And after we finish our plan of uh, making the combination of fire ventilation, when we have got source of heat and smoke in the middle of corridor, we'll just relocate the burner to the to the room, and we will start the real tests of fire ventilation system when we have got the fire in compartment. Including uh, shutting the doors at different points of experiment, opening them, opening the windows in the compartments, changing the size of the doors. Many, many variables to play, right? Exactly like that. And probably in the end of this year, we have sprinkler systems. So we'll try to make some preliminary tests of how a smoke layer and how temperature field is changing when sprinkler system is running. We also have water mist, right? Water mist and sprinkler system, Fantastic. both of them. Fantastic! I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to that. And how, how do you see the facility in in what one, two, three years? Like, where, where hopefully we won't burn it down. That that's like number one thing. But hopefully we can use it for something good. What was the craziest piece of research you would like to do on it? I think we'll try to make a, as big fire as possible, yes, especially that we are making the commissioning tests and we don't exactly don't know what is the limit. Of fire ventilation system to make the proof that it works properly. Yeah, but I, if we combine everything together, sprinkler system, fire ventilation system, detection system, we will try to make the fire scenarios as flexible as possible. Yes, because we are going to make some detection system which will decide which dump, which dampers should be open, which dampers should dampers should be closed. So we are going to the way to some kind of an intelligent system. I'm I'm also looking forward to somewhere in middle next year when we will install the pressurization systems next to the corridor so we can inf- check the influence on how uh, a quick stream of air changes the buoyancy of the smoke layer in the corridor. How do these systems work together? I, I think there is so much to uncover there that can influence both the ways how we design the smoke control but also the pressurization. And the next problem which we are going to to check is that because Wojciech and me we are involved in wind engineering, so uh, as you, there are windows in in rooms, there are glass parts of the of the facades which can just break down. So we are going to check what will happen if you have got some influence of the wind which is outside of the corridor, and how it influences on the fire ventilation systems. So, but it's the topic for next year, I think so. I think you've already seen some of that accidentally in Experiment Six, where you had strong wind acting on your natural openings in the in the corridor, and uh, the whole smoke layer was fluctuating. Uh, we have these crazy measurements. Yeah, we have got a big bumping of temperature. So th- this test it's not easy to validate, but. It happened, yes. Oh, I, I like it. I actually like it because when you plot the temperature over the FDS simulation, you, you see the averages match it. That just in the 
real world case, the temperatures were going up down 50 degrees when the, the, the wind was blowing on, on the facility. In FDS, it's just perfect uniform conditions. doesn't mean it, it's useless. I, I think it's interesting and what you said, uh, taking wind into account when designing uh, corridors. Wind-driven fires have been known for ages, for decades, that, that they are challenged, devastating, they're deadly. So absolutely, that's uh, that's something to look for. And, and, you know, understanding to what extent wind actually influences the performance of mechanical smoke ventilation, that's something I, I don't think we have a good answer yet. We don't have any answer, but as you remember, we were making... A lot of commissioning tests in high-rise buildings where there was a facade with open windows. And if there was a wind outside of the building, the fire ventilation system didn't work exactly as it was designed and as it was predicted by the, the designer. So that's what we would like to test next year. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the coolest thing is that we have this body of experience. We have this anecdotal uh, examples or anecdotal proofs of uh, different claims. You, you know, we, you've seen that happen once in a high-rise building during commissioning. Well, we, we don't really have a well-worked-out scientific proof of how it works. We don't have an understanding why it was like that. And that we have a full-scale experimental facility that's armed up with uh, measurement systems, that's armed up, armed up with all the automation that we need. Finally, we can build uh, evidence-based fire science. And I think that makes me the most excited about this project. Yeah, and we can verify what will happen depending on the direction of the wind, yes, the the, the wind speeds. So the, that's what we have found out during the commissioning tests. Then now we try to make it a little bit theoretical and research. And I think it will give us an answer how we should design that kind of system to make it fully safety for people. Okay, we need to cut this out. We're going down into rabbit hole. I guess we can talk about these possibilities for ages. It's so exciting. And like you can imagine our state of mind. We, we've been building this for three years in secrecy. We've, be, we've been designing this. We've been pouring our hearts and tears into, into, <laughs> into building this. There was a lot of pain, including physical pain. There was a lot of work, including heavy physical work. But it looks like it was all worth it. And... Now to set up an experiment, a few hours, and the experiment is set. And one day later, you have results that no one ever has seen in the fire science. This is the magic of full-scale experimental facilities. As we said, we are on a tournée around Europe. Grzegorz, you're going to Vilnius for the Baltic fire. Yeah, but starting from now, Monday, we are going to make another test. So, Of course, of course. But uh, as we are sharing this with the world, I'll try to drop some links in the show notes to the current presentations about the topic. Uh, I, I think the FAMTEC materials will be published on YouTube at some point, and they're definitely available to anyone registered to the conference. So thanks, Thunderhead, for, for openly sharing that at some point. I'll, I'll drop the links. I'll make sure it's updated. Uh, you can learn more about the facility and just uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on, on ResearchGate. You will be sure to find the, the newest materials related to this project. So Thank you very much. And I hope it will be very useful for all of us all over the world. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. And that was a quick update on our newest research endeavor, the experimental facility on smoke control in corridors and its digital twin. Uh, thanks for being here with us in the Fire Science Show. And uh, now we're going back to enjoy the conference in beautiful Brno in Czech. It's fantastic. I'm happy to see so many familiar faces in here, meet new people. So 
yeah, that's it for, for the today's Fire Science Show and see you back next Wednesday where we'll summarize uh, the conference because there's many CFD modeling and evacuation modeling updates that are absolutely worth to share with, with all of you. Thank you, guys. Bye. And thanks, Jagos. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. This was the Fire Science Show. Thank you for listening and see you soon.